Welcome to Satellizer Conversations, an audio series that seeds encounters and conversations between people coming at topics from different perspectives and orientations, many of whom have never met before. The conversations are based on the lockdown online discursive rehearsal process of Satellizer, a dance for the gallery, a durational performance in which artists cooperate to maintain conversations whilst dancing over the course of a day as co-workers. These conversations reflect intimacies across distances that many of us have experienced through the whole of the project. I'm Janine Harrington, a UK-based artist and leader of the Satellizer project across live shows, the podcast series, and an online publication, satellizing.com. You can find more information about me by following at inside.i on Instagram or at www.janineharrington.com. Satellizer conversations are recorded and edited by Rowan Udall at Siobhan Davies Studios, with music composed by Jamie Forth and graphics created by John Philip Sage. The Satellizer project is produced by Zarina Rosshart and I. This episode shares a conversation about coming into feminist thinking and doing, the kinds of experiences that have shaped and are shaping growing feminisms amongst a group of younger women of different generations. The conversation is hosted by Ilse Hekiera, author of 2017 article What Dancers Talk About When They Talk About Sexism, and founder member of the anti-sexism and anti-misogyny organisation Engagement Arts in Belgium. Ilsa is joined by Kalia Curlew, Moira Morrison and Eve Walker, three young women currently in higher education studying within the fields of dance and mental health, and Satellizer co-workers Jay Yule and Christine Bramwell, who are each engaged in social and art practices which centre the experiences of young women. Hello, hello, good evening, everyone. Yeah, I'm so grateful for uh, having gotten this invitation through the Satellizer project um, to discuss something that I am not only interested in, but something I also very much care for, and um, which was talking about feminisms and the intergenerational um, narratives uh, around uh, them. Um, yeah, I think before we actually start to talk about these topics, it would be just really lovely to hear all of you, how your day was, who you are, and um, yeah, if you maybe want to also quickly add why you thought it would be nice to have this conversation, that would also be uh, lovely. I'll just start with introducing uh, myself. So I'm Ilse Gekire, yeah, my pronouns are uh, she, her. And um, I have a background as a dancer and uh, an art historian. And I've always like been a part of dance projects as a performer, so not really a choreographer. Um, and I've been working like that like for 10 years. Um, and 
after those 10 years, I kind of realized that I wanted to dig deeper into some of the experiences that I had in the dance field. And then I applied for a research grant uh, around sexism in the Belgian dance field. And this was, um, this was like a kind of like a, a year before the hashtag MeToo uh, movement. And so it was a kind of like coinciding of like having a research that was in line of, of uh, a, a discussion that became very present um, uh, around uh, 2000, uh, yeah, in 2017. And that is also how I got to know um, yeah, Jenny and Harrington in, in, in Belgium and Brussels, where actually together with other artists, uh, we started um, an artist-led movement and platform uh, that, um, that was, has very much the activist intention to tackle um, issues of sex, sexism, sexual harassment, abuse of power, and any kind of form of discrimination in, well, first it was very dance-centered, but now we are really, um, ha or we have like managed to reach out to all kinds of art forms. And um, yeah, this platform has been around for now more than three years, almost four years. Um, yeah. And so that's, that has been my involvement. Um, and yeah, obviously that's also where my interest in, in, in feminism became very much hands-on. Hands um, yeah. And that's also why I really want to talk tonight about uh, this topic with um, all of you whom I not, don't know at all. Maybe, yeah. So just to give a little bit of context as well, like actually just moved from Belgium um, I moved away from Belgium to Norway and I also I'm also a mother of a, like a small uh, child uh, here in Norway so I'm also a bit in a in a moment of transitioning and figuring uh, things out yeah and today was a nice uh, day here there was snow there has been like a lot of snow um I met up with a really good friend of mine and we had like planned this for a long time to actually go to the sauna at the fjord. I know this sounds like very Nordic and fantastic. I'm still trying to get used to it, but it was a very like nice way of like reconnecting uh, yeah, to one of my friends from like back in the days. So that was a bit about me and I will just pass on uh, to Eve maybe. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, so my name is Eve Walker. My pronouns are she, her. I'm 19 and I'm currently studying my degree in dance. Um, I'm from North Yorkshire, but now living in Newcastle for my degree. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, and speak to you all this evening um, it's just a really great opportunity and speaking about these type of things is so important but it's also a, le a learning opportunity um, there's always more to learn about it there's always people to hear and listen to and delve a little bit deeper so I'm just really looking forward to that thank you do you mind to pass on the yeah uh, introduction stick Christine Hi everyone, I'm Christine Bramwell, recovering from uh, cough. Uh, I am an artist. My background is in performance, but I will reiterate what Elise is saying about being in a transition year. I'm transitioning from performance to sound or live sound. 
I am an outreach worker. I work for a charity called Ashton Jazz Academy, and we support young women across four boroughs. And my role is just doing a lot of fun things with great young women. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to be here to talk a bit about feminism and um, yeah, merging feminism. My energy's here. I'm just trying to fight this cough. I passed this on to um, Jay. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Jay Yule. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Um, my background is in dance. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I trained in dance, but I would say um, I work as a performer, but also make my own work. Um, and I would say maybe it, I wouldn't want to define it as just dance. I think that it sits in like different places from just that. I I don't know how much we're going into this right now, but I suppose Ilsa, you just gave like a little how you got here kind of thing. Um, maybe I'll do the same. Uh, so I make, I have made work, which I suppose is feminist by nature but I think that's probably just because it's like me that's made it um and I guess uh, the work that I have made feels like it's kind of helped me to make sense of like where I am in the world um so yeah I would say that it's from maybe a bit more of a queer feminist perspective um yeah Maybe that's all I'm going to say just now. Thank you. I'll pass to Kalia. Hi, um, my name's Kalia Curlew. Um, I'm 18 years old. Currently, I am studying mental health nursing first year. Um, I live in London. I don't really know what else to say. Um, I'm very interested in the whole topic of feminism because I feel like it's a bit new to me. I've been doing my research about it but it's fairly new because I didn't really know much about it like two years ago. That's when I started researching it. And I feel like these conversations, they need to be had. And as much as a lot of women and even men are having these conversations, it doesn't, it's, it will still make a difference if there's one more conversation out there that can really push to change the world. Amazing. And Myra? Myra, yeah. Myra. So my name is Myra Morrison and I'm from Derry in Ireland. So I'm 20 years old and currently based in Newcastle where I'm studying my degree in professional dance. Getting to explore like different aspects of dance regarding like the creative aspect or the performance aspect or working within the community as well. So and I'm very excited to be here in this conversation. I think it's something that we all need to be having and it's great that like myself and the others as young people and like having different people involved in it being like representative of like all people and all people engaged in the conversation is a really good place to be at the minute yeah thank you okay so just like listening to like some things that were already said and um yeah I wrote this um email before with like some things that I thought would be nice to discuss which was not really, really like an outline but with that in my mind, um, I was thinking actually what Kalia was saying um, about feminism being fairly new. And also something that also Jay was saying, you said like that your work is 
feminist by nature, um, just because you have made it. And that made me think a little bit about how at least my colleagues kind of assume that I've been like busy with feminism my whole life because it's such a big part of my work right now. And then I have to kind of disappoint them maybe a little bit. And the fact is that actually feminism came really late to me in my life, like shockingly uh, late if I really think about it. And so this is actually one of the things that I find interesting to talk to young people because I hope it kind of like maybe has changed because of the kind of mainstreaming of the word and of the conversation um, and to, um, yeah, I kind of, uh, yeah, just a little small story. Like I think it was like five years ago or something or yeah. So before I actually decided to do a research um, on sexism in the Belgian dance field, um, I had what um, a writer, Sarah Ahmed calls like a feminist snap where suddenly you have this moment where you're like, uh-huh, like this, like, okay. So these experiences that I have are linked to whatever gender I have been assigned with at birth. And um, they're not just experiences that I have as just a person or a dancer. Um, yeah, but they're linked to something that I biologically uh, represent. Um, and for me, like when I started reading um, on the topic of feminism, of course, um, it's like a kind of diving in and getting to know like the broadness. It really feels like this feminisms. There's just so much, um, there's so much that can be put under that umbrella that if, I mean, I'm not saying like I've, I'm, I'm really standing for feminism and I think I'm a feminist, but that doesn't mean that I agree with everything that other feminists also saying. It's a bit like a world for me that even if I don't agree with everything that everyone says under that umbrella, it really helps for me to um, like understand the world. And to kind of close off my little like narrative around feminism, um, why feminism had such a bad connotation really like goes back to when I was a teenager. So I was born in 85, so I'm, I don't know, 36 or something by now. And um, there was something, I think, in the late 90s and the early 2000s that there was a kind of assumption that, I mean, at least in my context, in the Belgian context, that uh, feminism was something from the 70s. And I remember that people would um, make fun at the word feminism and would refer to the 70s. And there were, back then, at least in Belgium, the feminist movement there, which has was like less powerful as in the UK historically, but there was also a feminist uh, movement, but <clears throat> they were called the Dolominas and they were burning their bras. And so that was an often the joke, like, oh, are you a feminist? Are oh, you like the burning the bra kind of type? And then also, are you a man hater? And so like, that was kind of my perception of what, like, what a feminist was, someone who was like complaining, who was against men. And I think I just kind of had assumed like, I'm like strong, I'm like, <laughs> I'm an empowered woman. And I think <laughs> there's just something funny about Madonna being so part of like my, my um, cultural like references. Like for me, that was like how you were an empowered woman, which very much had to do with like feeling like a kind of se sexual empowerment, but still very much linked to 
like an image. Um, yeah, I'm not like entirely uh, dashing uh, Madonna, but <laughs> I think for me it was it was a bit this kind of like idea that um, empowerment is like showing your sexuality. And I'm not saying that I'm also not like agreeing to some level that that's also part of empowerment, but I didn't understand that it also can like work against you and it can become very complicated and um yeah i just didn't understand the mechanisms that were still at play when i was yeah kind of rolling over from teenagehood into adulthood so that was like a long introduction of like a little story in my life and i was just wondering if this is something that you in some way can like relate to or not at all or i guess my main question would be um, what does feminism mean to you today? And is that different from what feminism as a word when it appeared in your life? Was it then a different? Yeah. I think for me, I don't think there was that snap that you talked about, but I guess I've always been aware that I'm a female I'm a woman and that's just there's been certain expectations or things that have just been embedded um rightly or wrongly um just being aware that okay this is who I am or maybe what I'm expected to be I don't really know what that means for me. And then more recently in the past few years, it's been discovering really what does that mean? Do I want to meet those expectations that have been placed on me? Or what are my own individual expectations of myself? I guess that's mm. what feminism means to me. And more recently, again, it's been more linked to being comfortable with your own femininity. Um, I've been questioning like what is the definition of feminine what is traditionally feminine what's controversially feminine um and yeah um I had like actually yeah maybe I did have a snap moment because um in 2019 I shaved my head and yeah that was the snap moment actually um when I had my shaved head which I kept for months um, and I'm probably going to do it again very soon. Um, that was the most feminine I've ever felt when I had no hair, removing that traditionally feminine aspect. Um, that was probably the most liberating and most, yeah, feminine and comfortable I'd ever felt with myself. Um, so I always refer to it as Eve pre-head shave and Eve post-head shave. They're very different people. <laughs> Can I ask one question like about the expectations? Could you, or like kind of the gendered expectations? Um, can you just give like okay, kind of concrete example of like what that entails? Um, I think so. I grew up with separated parents. Um, so like a single mom um, and my dad was in the army. So quite a masculine or whatever you define as masculine a, a very like 
manly expectation job that you know is strong and goes away and fights and then comes home um so to me it was very okay my dad does this my mum does this um and yeah just okay I am a woman the the women around me are setting great examples but the society or like area around them that they've been placed within makes them have to work a different way um just seeing the divide between like parental roles and especially like the era that my parents grew up in it was very like and where I'm from I live on the biggest army base in the UK so it's very like a lot of the young men a lot of the men in the area have been in the army or are in the army so it's very like you either join the army or you find some other job that no one really cares about. Um, it's a really weird kind of environment and thought process. But yeah, just thinking, okay, I have my mum, I have my both my grandmothers. They have gone on to do this and get married and have children and do all of that sort of stuff. And I just remember thinking, do I have to do that? Do I want to do that? Or where do I sit in that? Does someone like relate to that, would like to comment on it or would like to add something? I feel like it's extremely, um extremely not extremely interesting but it is interesting that our encounters with feminism allows us to strip our performance of femininity like it gives us the power to question how we're performing um our womanhood if you want to class it as that um but also a great experience for you, like I'm listening for you to be able to go through that because you've been in, um, I'd class it as a hyper-masculine environment or, um, yeah, I don't think I have anything productive to say, but also like that's such a, a journey to be on, to be able to find your femininity within a place where maybe it wouldn't thrive um, because you're in a system that rejects it in a way because we are told that femininity is not a fighting tool, but actually, as I'm getting older, it is the most freeing, liberating tool that we could use to fight or a tool of resistance, mainly because it allows us to imagine, whereas everything else outside of feminism at the moment <laughs> not the, not that it doesn't allow us to imagine but it's harder because your perspective is shut out sometimes it feels like it's more achievable to look at your perspective look through your perspective or look through the feminist lens to imagine a future that you can thrive in like it would be hard to do that now without thinking about feminism like oh my gosh out of the pandemic without thinking in a feminist way. Christine, may I ask if like you, do you remember, like, do you remember a moment where this feminist lens came into your life or this is something that is 
like hard to trace back or maybe it was always <laughs> present mm, I think my journey with feminism was definitely similar to yours or the starting of thinking about this term uh okay when I first heard the term I thought it was hairy armpits not shaved legs free in my nipples and free period blood that was me not to say that I had a perspective around it I just didn't see myself within those terms because I just had not done the research um, and I'm 25 so secondary school was kind of when I was discovering feminism I went to an all-girls school which is strange now I'm looking back at it I was thinking maybe we should have had more feminist principles um, but as I got older um, and I started to research more more things around rest or like rest as resistance um, I was really interested in the nap collective uh, based in America and how they actually use napping as a resistance so that kind of made me feel like I found my place in feminism in a way because I thought okay cool I I believe in rest as resistance and then kind of went down this spiral of looking at intersectional feminism because that's super important for me to think about or just for everyone to think about how feminism is moving into um, intersectionality and um, how it's shaping us to think about different perspectives within our femininity. I think it did take me a long time to say I'm a feminist because I was not looking at theories that felt like they represented me. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing that I had to battle with, feeling represented within feminism um, or liberated within the feminism that I'm taught within the Western world. But once I did my own research into what intersectionality could be and what it is and how a lot of the work that I'm doing now feels like I'm, in, I'm informing or enforcing that intersectional practice, um, yeah I think my journey it has been a rocky one someone like what Christine was saying is there something that resonates with with you yeah maybe I can say something I had a similar experience growing up to Eve I was um yeah grew up in like single parent household with my mum and have quite a strong relationship with my grandmother who's always been on her own and so have felt quite surrounded by um, strong women that kind of support themselves and so I think that um, discovering feminisms it, it was kind of like oh that's always been there and that's always what I've thought but it was kind of like someone else naming it um or feeling like oh cool there's like a like a whole theory and like frame of thinking behind that which felt um like quite liberating at the time and I remember like feeling really strongly like yes I identify as a feminist and like great um and then now I don't know I feel I'm like I'm 26 years old um and I think I probably 
really got into it. I read a book by Rebecca Solnit called um, Men Explain Things to Me, which is quite a, it's quite a good like en entry into feminism book. Um, and I was like, why is why is no one else like getting a tattoo of like I'm a fit? Do you know what I mean? Um, but then now I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel a bit more like wary when I hear the word feminist or feminism now because I really feel like it's quite tied up with uh, like the suffragette movement and like yes like 70s uh, movement for women's rights and and a kind of have learned um more about it and yeah how like exclusionary in a way it was towards anyone that wasn't a white woman really middle class yeah <laughs> wealthy white women educated um, and yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I I do I think maybe feminisms is a is a better way of putting it, and yeah, having the word intersectional there. But then I also in a way feel like a fraud by using the word like intersectionally feminist because I'm like oh, I don't really feel like we're there yet. Like I don't know. And then also like I, in a way, it kind of it feels like feminism is also for me tied up with like I think about J.K. Rowling and like um, mob of like wealthy white women who are you know quite fighting for the rights of women but like only biological women and like really transphobic in in the way that they think and so I don't know I think maybe like I'm, I'm, I'm happy to like have this conversation and kind of revisit like what feminism is and like what it can be and who is it for I suppose is, is the question. I agree definitely like I know that when I first started my research on feminism which was very recently like two years ago it was always like there was pictures of like white women discussing feminism but there was like never really people people like me like a black woman so I don't really I define myself as a feminist like as a whole but I know that feminism when it was like created it wasn't to benefit people of colour at all so I kind of like define myself as a womanist like and that's like um based on like feminism but it's for everybody and it discusses race as well um and gender and all that stuff um but when I was like introduced to feminism it was a lot of it was a lot of like yeah freedom freedom nips and free and free bleeding and stuff and it just wasn't sitting right with me so I decided to like do my research and stuff and then I discovered like I've been around feminists like my whole life but I never really knew the term for it like my mom like my mom's a feminist I like to I would like to believe I mean she's a single mother doing her thing in a man's world I mean pretty feminist to me um but yeah like feminism is it's a cute like I don't know how to explain it it's a good thing but I feel like how people um some people define it and how people fight for their causes is a lot different than how I would, to be honest. Like, I feel like certain feminists are like ruining the reputation. Because, <laughs> like, imagine you're like a child looking up feminism for the first time, and then you see a you see a um, a white woman 
um transphobic as Jay said and all that stuff like that's not that's not a good reputation like no kid is going to want to learn about feminism for the first time and then see oh yeah like we we don't need to we don't need to shave I mean obviously we're not going to need to shave but it's like shaving is bad and if you shave then you're trying to you're trying to um fulfill men's standards and you need to free bleed and all this stuff like that's going to ruin their reputation of feminism yeah yeah that's yeah there is a little bit of a tradition in feminism where feminists are shaming each other for like what they're doing <laughs> reproducing exactly what like a kind of patriarchal system is already doing um by default um yeah and um it is a bit sitting with like a troubling turn and I think it's like this challenge of like not instead of being like oh I'm so disappointed that it doesn't include everything that I stand for um you have to kind of like fight for, <laughs> fight 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 for that term because it's also just kind of a word or an umbrella term for like so so many things that have happened throughout history it's only recently that actually there's that I started reading really on like the global history of like feminism and there's like 19th centuries text by um, anonymous um, uh, women in, in African countries who were like actually like writing and publishing and saying like our rights as African women are important. And like, you know, these are, this is like 19th century. And it, it's, that was not really regarded in history, but it was there happening and it's, it's, it is like something that globally um, sparks wherever you are on this globe. There is pit, I mean, I'm, 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 don't, I'm not like a, um, an anthropologist, but like matriarchal cultures or I think they, they exist in maybe very small places, very like remotely, but um, it's a very strong force patriarchy. And of course it coexists with also the capitalist system and this white supremacist system and the whole history of colonization and then it becomes like a very very complex um yeah history that that word feminism uh, carries as well thank you for adding that Mary. i'm just like looking at you just because i like to give everyone the opportunity <laughs> to say something but please if you feel like mm, i need some more time um, I think my relationship with feminism is like a bit of a different one as well because I kind of grew up in a household that was like quite feminist which was quite um common from where I'm from which is a very political place with a lot of like extremism kind of um, and it's also a really really current issue so from like a young age I would have been like quite aware of like feminism but like not exactly confident in my beliefs until I got a bit older Whereas like currently in Derry slash like Northern Ireland, we are like a part of the UK, but we don't have the same like reproductive rights as other women throughout the UK. So it's something that's like constantly in conversation and like Derry where I'm from, because it's something that like Derry for Choice, which is like an organization, which is like always fighting, pushing for women having like the rights over their own body, being pro-choice. And that's kind of, the image of feminism that I've always had. So I've seen and witnessed a lot of the negative connotations that come with it. I have like a strong memory of like being in school 
and like a teacher asking like oh put your hand up if you identify as a feminist and I was like the only person in the room that did it and I was like oh my god but it's purely a matter of like people weren't aware of what feminism was because it was only like maybe they'd heard like the negative connotations around it so for myself I've had like a really positive experience of it like from a young age and I'm like really grateful that like I was able to be engaged with it in some form of fashion like predominantly through like most of my life but it's one of those ones where there's like a lot to learn and a lot to engage with still so yeah bit of a weird situation <laughs> how did it feel like like to be the only one in the classroom raising your hand it's such a confrontational question also for a yeah. teacher to ask it's quite uh, yeah um, we were only like 16 or something at the time I think it's because I was like a bit I wouldn't say like necessarily more aware but I was like in conversations like that before because of just like family dynamics and things like that so I was confidently like oh me and everybody else didn't necessarily know that feminism is purely about like the treatment of like equality for women like all kinds of women well that's what I believe it should be anyway but it was definitely one of those ones where it was like oh so it's actually quite a common misconception that people aren't aware necessarily of what it is and I was a bit I was always quite taken back by it I think what you're saying is access I feel like we're going through yeah. a um, mediafied storm mm -hmm. of feminism where everything is condensed into um, hot topics so because it's because it's condensed into these strange topics um, it's easier for people to morph what is actually being said and then um, harder for us to get to the true sources of information so if we had if there was just a book that we all trusted for everyone to read to get a basic understanding or to feel like they're embraced by a community that already exists then maybe our, our journeys would be different because we are constantly fighting against the media's image of what something is it's interesting that you also like mentioned that because it reminds me of um, it's already a while ago, maybe a month and a half ago, but um, it was a girl that I was babysitting like back in the day. And she's now 17, 16, 17. And she was doing a work around feminism and called me to interview me. And uh, she was very, very like young, very young in, in, in what feminism like meant to her. And and I just was, I just asked her, so where do you, how do you encounter, like, where do you encounter like these topics? She was interested in like the trans discussion. And she said, it's all TikTok. Like, you know, every, um, every other person on, on, on my TikTok feed is a trans person. And I just like, I'm a bit confused about it, but I'm also interested. And yeah, then I just think like, I'm very... I'm very far away from that reality because I just did not grow up with social media and definitely not with TikTok. And I, when she said like every other, I'm like, where every other? Like, how does it work? So it's like this one thing of like actually having this access to like a kind of platform with a lot of information uh, where you might encounter feminism maybe more easily these days, but it's like in hotter topics and it's like, yeah, or in... Yeah, kind of a sensationalism um, where maybe we don't really go or where there's not so much space to go deep, deep into, into these topics. 
I was, um, does someone maybe want to add something to this? I guess I'm thinking, what are our core principles of feminism? Like, do we all in this space right now understand what it, what feminism is? I pass the hat to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Big question. Hard to put them in like core values, but we can like kind of try. And maybe it's a trick question because the core values are it's a lot it's worldly it's beyond us and it's from us like it's outside of us all the time but I'm like trying to think what I am learning about being in being inclusive or having people a part of a community or generating a community is being simple and I think we have so much research that we have no time to simplify them or for somebody else to feel like they're a part and maybe this is a gobbledygook but I think if you simplify something somebody feels a part of it more than having to do the research for themselves it always feels like with any sort of topic you're reaching for it and you're running and you're digging and you're spending nights trying to understand something but surely if we had the tools or the way to reach out to people which a lot of researchers are doing they are writing and they're reaching all the time but maybe it's reaching to people that understand why that's happening in the first place and mm, yeah I could maybe ramble on about future things but I guess it's really hard because there's so much to read there's so much that has come before us yeah, and then also again, I mean, I think like I'm very influenced by um, by feminism through through reading, but the, again, that like the reading as a source of information or even like reading books, it is something that is like is about like tell something about the intersection of where I stand in feminism, and is again a privilege that I can read, that I also have studied that. Um, um, that it's like a language that 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 speaks uh, uh, to me, yeah. But I was thinking about the core values, and I think there's two things for me that kind of contradict each other, or contradict each other, or they don't contradict. But they, I think initially when I started being interested in feminism, it was really about like how to dismantle this patriarchy. So for me, it was not even about like me necessarily it was about like the system and how it influences like everything and and it became this thing that suddenly I saw movies differently I saw like conversations outside um Jay also remember uh, reading um this uh, Rebecca Solnit man explaining things to me and suddenly I started seeing that I was in a lot of situations where I didn't dare to take time I like let's like a, a man lecture me um, um very easily like just kind of not daring to take space and I mean, but these were like, kind of like, kind of putting yourself in this idea of like, what is patriarchy? And I think for me now, I mean, it's still that as well, but for me, what I think is the most beautiful or has been the most beautiful gift of feminism um, to me until now is that it made me understand more about myself, but it also made me understand other positions of women who come from a very, very different perspective and how that informs our 
fight and our struggle together. I think, like you were saying, you started with looking at feminism within the wider scale and now it's become more about you. I think mine was the opposite way around, that it started as such a personal exploration and it's more recent that I've started looking at what that means on a, on a bigger scale and to other people it definitely started for me as a internal thought and a process and figuring out like what Jay was saying earlier about where where do I sit not just in the world but with myself at the moment or in the past and then using that as a tool to look at things on a wider scale and have like the self-awareness of this is what I kind of believe in who I am and then using that to dig a bit deeper in other areas. Also from from what you were saying Ilsa, um, for me being able to see that the patriarchy is a system uh, also um, like getting getting my head around the fact that yeah there's a thing which is kind of like insidious and like in everything um also helped me to kind of like see the big other things at play like capitalism and how that influences every part of our life and then white supremacy on top of that and well not on top of like how the patriarchy and capitalism and white supremacy all were formed like intertwined and then how they all in the same way filter through into our lives and yeah I think coming to feminism in a way allowed me to see those things as like big structures and so is that for you also a kind of core value of feminism is to see things on the structural level? I don't know if that's a core value, but I guess it's just like a thing that also helped me in like um, examining and like discovering feminism. I suppose like the, the, the first thing that I thought of when you said core value was like, equity or equality of genders right I guess that's what it's getting at but um when there's already inequity between um like people who have the same gender that they were assigned as birth versus people that have a different gender from what they were assigned at birth and then like just people who are not white then it's becomes more nuanced than just an issue of like equity or equality between genders if that makes any sense. I mean I, I kind of like hear like the importance of the solidarity with other struggles that are also about equality. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think for me, my journey, it was like, 
yeah, it was a very, um, it was like a very cisgendered white female way of coming to things. It was like, oh, I'm not see I'm like experiencing I'm putting oppression in like air quotes but like I'm not equal in this one area which is to men and then read loads of things about that and was like really angry about that and then realized that this is a system and then was like oh wait a second I'm experiencing inequality in this space but like what about people that are experiencing it on like a much greater scale through much more violence and much more everyday aggression and uh, how can I understand that better to kind of, I don't know, be a, yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of, I'm kind of saying half formed things, but. No. Um, that was my journey and I guess it allowed it it allowed me or like made me then uh I guess like have more empathy and like just consider my interactions with other people and also the subjectivity of like everyone's experiences in the world being vastly different and people facing much more um yeah I don't know oppression and shit than me (laughs) um that like makes total sense to me because one of the like things that I would think of as a core idea would be empowering other people and being empowered by those people yourself so like respecting that people have different experiences to you but acknowledging it and appreciating it and like not comparing or anything just empowering and being empowered by other people yeah something that I was thinking when Jay when you were talking is this this um or what I was hearing how you were describing um your kind of thought process that there is something about realizing a certain level of like harm and oppression and how the system and how you have probably like suffered from that. But then at the same time, also understanding how you might contribute to other systems of oppression. And so that that kind of awareness of understanding yourself kind of also goes into um, what Eve is also saying, like a kind of empathy for other forms of uh, oppression. One thing that I always find like, interesting and like hard and challenging about like talking about this kind of like systemic um the systemic issue of like of of systems of oppression is that it feels so abstract and so like theoretical and and um yeah i would like to maybe get us back to um like day-to-day like life and um maybe friendships with um other well other people but like let's say with other like people who identifies as 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 women and these kind of connections um how like what does that mean in in your life um and and I think I'm asking that because I 
kind of started to see like part of my feminist journey was also how I actually had a lot of friendships with with cis men and that kind of like was an a way of feeling that I was handling this world um, and that I, I, I was not so um, connected to like a lot of women. Um, um, I think it was also professionally because I think I didn't understand that I was trying to make a living in the arts and without me being aware of it, I was trying to lean towards the people who could help me. And those were <laughs> guys. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I've always felt like in retrospect, like I can't, and like now I just, I can't believe that I didn't uh, see that, that I kind of like was losing touch of like how, like, you know, how to support um, how to support other women um, and this is for me like the last years has been like a daily practice I think it's so important um, yeah how to be there for each other share resources help each other out in private life but also professionally um, yeah to think of each other <laughs> Yeah, is this something that you recognize as well? I would definitely say my job, which is like beyond a job at this point. It feels like it's merging a lot within to my creative practice and um, it feels like, <laughs> and maybe Kalia, it might be nice to hear your perspective on Girls' Night. So um, as a part of my role, uh, I run a session on Wednesday called Girls' Night, and it's just a drop-in session where people just come in. We're meant to make dinner with each other. Sometimes we don't. Um, and it's just chill-out space, so we kind of share resources or we just have fun. Last week, we went ice skating um, as an example of some of the activities that we do together. And the age range is from 11 to 18, Kalia being the oldest. And I think my feminism really feels like it's in practice for me at the moment because I can see how um, it's taking shape when it comes to sharing resources and learning with each other and just having a sort of kinship and it can come in really large forms and small forms where it's just us sitting on a sofa and talking about a book which feels like a really compassionate exchange and it can be really big forms where it's like I'm doing a presentation on bra fittings and is trying to share my learnings and my experiences with other young women. Um, so that to me makes me feel like, um, like I'm surrounded by so much compassion and it doesn't, because the hierarchy is not me saying, hey guys, do what I say. It feels like I'm dropping in something and we collectively do it. Um, I don't know, I can't really explain it, but it just feels beyond what I would theorize as a feminist practice. It feels like enriching community or just something beyond, I can't explain it. And maybe that's also an issue because it's a feeling that we all have together when we're working and we're playing and we're actually just resting. And there's so much power in that because I think we over analyze I don't know maybe I'm saying for myself I overanalyze my position in things and within that sector where I'm 
when I'm in girls night I'm not over analyzing because it's just a group of young women that are having fun together and and it's the space isn't barred sometimes you have the um founder Trisha she's there and she's in her 50s so it we're all just like a mingling space and to me that's where my feminism lies because it's not in politics or in something that makes me think a lot it's an actually a feeling and it's an action and I think I feel empowered by watching the group grow in a different way or just being able to share our experiences together because those spaces are not always available um and I'm going to say one last thing and then I'm going to be quiet. Uh, when we're always thinking about feminism and the only reason why I'm saying it's in practice now because I was listening to Kimberly, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw like a talk um, and then this quote was come up and I can't remember who said it, someone called Judy, I'll definitely find a name for everyone. And she was talking about, um, are we fighting for equality or freedom? And it made me think about the structure of equality and how, we are like fighting for something that already is a structure that exists when it actually should we fight for total freedom of everyone to be outside of like salary gain or everyone being able to have like, I don't know. I feel like equality is the basics of life, but we should be expanding beyond that, which is like, oh, I want to, I have the right to write healthcare, but we should be thinking about I don't know. Sorry, bear with me. It's just beyond healthcare. It's beyond the things that we think are are needed for the human to survive. It's like, oh, we're in this really fucked up structure. Now we want to earn the same money as a man. But actually, it shouldn't be that. It should be, why are we trying to earn money in the first place? And while we're working within these places where I don't know do you know what I mean like our, it's looking at our exchanges with our, the systems that we're in instead of it being like we are in the system and we should be equal to everyone in the system it's like actually why are we here why are all of us in this umbrella and I do feel like feminism is trying to crack that and it's getting there like it gets to these really nice places where you feel like oh fuck yeah sorry language but you're feeling like you really sit into it um but then it can also be very beyond you like I, I can't scream oh my gosh the patriarchy forever <laughs> so then I, do you know what I mean it's like what is it what is it what is its practice now outside of telling me that the patriarchy exists or telling me or informing me on where I am in this world where else does it sit in things that aren't that aren't physical but the conceptual the feeling the exchanges where does it sit there well thank you for illustrating like this this space that um is it called girls night yeah yeah um I think there's a really big space between like us thinking about feminism and then the doing and um, yeah I would like to hear more about um, the day-to-day -day and yeah maybe Kalia you want to say something also about that space having been have you been part of that space for a long time? Yeah I've been a part of Girls Night since like 2018 so it's been quite a long time is that like four years or something three? I don't know, four, maybe four, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's, it's such that it is a safe space. And to me, um, 
Trisha and Christine are like mother and sister figures to me and it's it's just a space that is not like it's a space where all young girls can like go and feel safe and talk to young women or even girls their age and girls older like me I can like be like a little mentor to some of the young girls and it makes me it makes me feel like it just makes me feel like I'm radiating love like I just love that whole space it's definitely helped me to grow as a woman and being around such powerful women like Trisha and Christine and all the other girls that are there it's like I have something to look up to that is not necessarily like my mum or something like it's nice to have other role models as well that are like in your personal life as well that can show you that being a woman isn't just getting pregnant marrying some guy and cooking and cleaning for him because for a lot of us that's what our communities are about especially in POC communities it's like women are born to serve men but like it's funny that um in in different in different communities like communities that don't have like different countries and stuff that don't have like social media and the tv and stuff a lot of those countries are like heavily matriarchal and it's the opposite way around like men live to impress women and it's just these countries these western countries it's just enforcing this whole men are better than women and more powerful therefore they have the final say type thing you know but with this it's like no this is like a women's space there's no there's no hierarchy here like you can you're free to be you you're free to express yourself how you want to express yourself I like this idea of the, the mentorship it feels like to her but I, it's also like the kind of lacking of mentorship I think between uh, women um, like there's like something key about it also that you can be a mentor that it's not like you need to be a certain age to be a mentor like that we all have in our bodies and in our experiences um, expertise that we can share with others yeah you also said something about a safe uh, safe space it feels like a safe space yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's warm like walking into the library that we hold it in it's like immediately Christine's like hi how you doing like you know she's like proper bubbly and stuff like she's always energetic like no matter what's going on like she's just like she just radiates fun energy love and it's nice to be greeted by her when I've had like a really bad day because her energy then transfers onto me and now I'm happy you know and it's it's like a domino effect not to like thank you so much Kalia so much love that you've just said my heart's filled um there is a domino effect because it's like if I greet someone with kindness and they greet someone else with kindness and Kelly is really good. We have um, Liberty. She's the, our youngest member and um, it can be really hard to be a young person as a part of in a group that is actually a little bit older. And it's really nice to see them actually um, actively involve someone who is younger or someone who is older. There is like this desire to to care for people that are entering the space, which I feel like it's hard <laughs> trying to toot my own horn, but it can be hard to come by to be in a space where you feel like someone is reaching out to you and you're not like, of course, it's like you're anxious, but I don't know, there is something about coming to another person instead of waiting for them to 
come to you it's like you're reaching out to give them that care keep saying reaching but it kind of does feel a little bit like that like continuously reaching to people and trying to find somewhere where you can stand with each other without it feeling like I'm looking over you I feel like it's like really beautiful to see like the relationship that like you like Christina and Kalia have where it's like kind of emphasizes how important it is to like have those female like bonds and female relationships whenever like in the past or with like on like the more systemic like frame where like women might be like pitted against each other to like see and like genuinely like witness like how like impactful like the relationship can be to be like surrounded by women and supporting each other and like looking at each other in the sense of mentors or friends or support systems so that like in this journey of feminism like it's not as isolating like so you can communicate and you can talk about it and like feel comfortable and like exploring it and finding your way through it so having those female bonds and female relationships I think are really important for that and do you have I mean if I don't know if that's a too personal question but is do you have um women like that in your environment yeah I think I do yeah definitely from family and from friends as well it's always I feel like I don't know if I've done it like consciously or subconsciously but I've tried to like align myself and like surround myself by people who not necessarily just have the same views but align with like the importance of like I suppose you could put it on like a moral ground of like supporting women and supporting each other in a general sense of the word so I think I have that and I'm cut myself lucky too so yeah if I could add to that it's like what Christine was talking about creating that environment maybe it's a different environment but it's that feeling that you were talking about um I know for me when I moved up here to start my degree I came from like this tiny village where like I said it's the men join the army and women do whatever else and then for me meeting people like Myra who I met when we started our degree who has been brought up in like she said a very forward-thinking household where I might not have experience that as much but still we share like a common view it's really encouraging and inspiring to speak to people like that and learn about their experiences and how they differ but you've still reached a similar point um like me and Mara have very different backgrounds of our families but me speaking to Mara and us having conversations of oh what does that mean to you oh that means something similar to me but we've had different experiences and we come together on it it's really like it's that feeling of warmth and like sharing something so important and valuing just where it's come from and the different experiences and it's like people like Myra and other people on our course we obviously all enjoy dancing it's the thing that joined us all together but being in that environment generates that feeling and it's encouraging and sparks conversations and we all know different things about it. So we're all learning and yeah, just appreciating each other's views on things and coming to like a point with it. Oh, no, I just thought like, oh, it's nice. She like talking about dance and then I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's like, War is like the feminist potential in like dance um, context, but I just feel like 
um you like only have like 10 minutes and i feel like well you know you're also you need to be like also respectful for everyone's time so with that in mind maybe i will um propose something where we can like close off and like hear everyone's voice so like one more time and um oh there were so many other things i also wanted to talk about but um well first of all thank you already for all of this um feels a little bit too short but <laughs> um I was thinking about like, do we have feminist role models um, that we would like to share with um, one another? And of course, it's not about like this one person or um, um, or this one writer, or I mean, it also can be your grandmother. Um, um, but it would be nice to like hear like what these different role models uh, can, can be, just like a way of like sharing. Um, and so I will like share maybe uh, two people that I've been thinking now about like in this conversation. And the first one is a writer called Adrian Mary Brown, who really, um, I mean, they are a writer and activist and I just, um, they wrote this book, Emerging Strategies, that really inspired me to think about um this kind of work that we are doing now but also kind of activist work um it's really inspired me to to think more imag like imaginary about like potential um and then maybe the second person i was thinking about now is maggie nelson and her writing um yeah also someone well okay like I'm giving two examples of queer feminism I'm forever grateful about queer feminism I think it has been a, a like a gift to feminism <laughs> to feminism and um, I'm saying this like as a person who is in a straight relationship so I always think like it sounds really like straight it's very embarrassing to say these things but it's like has been such a gift for me um, to get these perspectives in my in my in, in my life like it's not because you're straight and therefore like you comply with all of these norms like at all it's a, a bit of a weird um, construction that you also have to deal with especially when you become a parent and yeah Maggie Nelson I thought was like mind-blowing and like um, opening up horizons about like what what motherhood could be so in that way also like she became some kind of a a mentor that I have never spoken to, but whose voice speaks out to me and reaches out to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have um, a couple of um, influences in my life, like not just like personally, but I feel like Angela Davis, um, definitely. She is such a powerful woman, not only because she was a part of the Black Panther movement and she fought for Black lives for years, even a murder case and all that stuff. That was crazy to me. But to see her come out of all of that and then still fight for rights of women is inspiring. And she um, she's part of the reason why I don't really, I define myself as a womanist because there was one quote, I think it was something like, um, she said something like um, feminism um, will help us transform the world and um, 
that type of feminism is um the feminism that should challenge um the specific the perspectives of like white patriarchy and stuff white supremacy and patriarchy and all that stuff um yeah but her definitely she's just amazing to me I love her and of course um I feel like a lot of young girls say this as well but like my mom I feel like she is the embodiment like she's a literal stereotype that you hear about in the media whenever something happens in the black community oh single mom blah 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 blah. like raises like delinquents and stuff which is really not true but she's definitely like she's she raised me on her own basically like with no help from my dad like emotionally just like financial help which really doesn't do anything um but she raised me by herself like she took care of most of the finances she was she's she's the man of the house I guess (laughs) woman of the house and she's um She's amazing, despite the fact that single mothers are always looked down upon, no matter where you are. It's like, why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you not married? Why are you having a child out of wedlock and all that stuff? But she was just like, hey, like, look at me. I'm raising like a daughter and look, she's she's fine. She's okay. So yeah, like despite all of what could have knocked her down, she still did it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's that it has to be the same thing. Um like I feel like everyone's influenced by their parents but especially when you grow up in a single parent household it you have like such a different relationship um so I I would probably say my mum's had a massive impact on me not necessarily just in like supporting herself but my mum's own expression of being feminine um my mum was like this dock wearing motorbike leather jacket woman when she was younger going crazy um and she's like covered in tattoos and has short hair and from where we live that's like unheard of everyone conforms and is the like we we call we we call them like beige people (laughs) what my mum calls them like a plain Jane type um and like my mum's personality shines through in everything she does and for me where we live having that confidence that's what inspired me and like she's just bold and brave and anytime I would say oh mum I'm unsure if I want to do this she would always be there like rooting for it um when I said I wanted to shave my head my mum's a barber she was like I'm doing it you have no choice now it's gone um she's just her own expression of being feminine has had a massive impact on me and my own ideas of what's being feminine it's very different to hers but we equally appreciate each other's expression and encourage that and it's just been a massive like driving force for me in my own journey now I feel guilty if I don't see my mum (laughs) <laughs> I already felt guilty for not <laughs> my we can mention all of our moms at the end. <laughs> yeah um yeah sorry mom <laughs> um I think oh can you come back to me I'm still thinking yes yes I can go. Disclaimer is like mums are all the world. Mums are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we all love our mums and think they're great. 
Um, I would say, alongside my mom, family, the women in my family are amazing. I really admire my grandma. Um, not for like strengths or knowledge, but like feeling like I could always lean on them and yeah, being being able to be really vulnerable with the women in my lives. Um, the women in my lives. I have many lives. Uh, Maggie Nelson also. I read one book by Maggie and it made me change the relationship I had to um, the women in my life. <laughs> um, and Tracy Hersey. I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name right, but she's from that ministry, Wrestle Resistant. That's like her whole practice. And I really dig um, using rest as resistance because I feel like, of course, I just want to take a nap in front of the doors of the parliament. Um, yeah. Women in Life, Maggie and Tracy. Um, I think for me, of course, alongside women in my life as well, regarding like grandparents, my sister, friends, everyone of that sort. There's also there's a civil rights leader from back home. Her name's Bernadette Devlin. And um, she's just a woman. And it was like in the height of like the conflicts at home where she was so unapologetically bold and confident and outspoken in herself, which is something like that woman could have been like shamed for doing in the past. Like she was one of the youngest women to ever be like an MP in parliament at like 21 in like the 60s. And she was always authentically herself and like proud of it. And she was a woman that even back then was, didn't realize that she was like, she wouldn't have called herself a feminist back in like the 60s, but like everything that she did, like embodied what, it, what you could say it meant to be. And really, um, it's just like a big inspiration in how one could like live their life in a sense of being true to themselves and not being sorry for it, which a lot of the time I feel like women might be imposed to be. So, yeah. All right, I'm gonna go now. Um, I think, yeah, um, mum and yeah, other women in my family also, got to give a shout out to them um I don't know like is it a cliche to say Beyonce oh because I feel like <laughs> yeah like whenever I'm having a shit day I'm just like get 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 a song or even an album by Beyonce and it will make me feel like I can just walk down the street and own my shit um and yeah, I'm going to say Tracy Ehrman as well, because I feel like her artwork was um, like pretty important in me, like finding, um, yeah, like finding empowerment in like my own sexuality and um, not feeling shame around that. Um, Thank you. Thank you for mentioning Beyonce too. I mean, I was thinking about Beyonce earlier, um, just because she took over this, um, Shimamanda Ngozi Adichie had this TED talk where she said everyone should be feminist. And then Beyonce was like, I'm going to use that on my tour. And I think, uh, yeah, the feminist movement should be forever grateful for 
<laughs> for that she's good at like uh, you know um, putting a word out out there and um, um yeah spreading the word um i think i just um i'm just so like touched that the mothers and the grandmothers already like were present in our conversation before we came at the end of um, mentioning feminist uh, role models I kind of keep in mind that not every feminist might actually like be so fond of their mother. I mean, like, you know, we should not also put that pressure on people, but it's kind of nice that in this group that that's something at least I feel we had, um, we had in common, a kind of like inspiration from these women in our family lives. And that's, um, yeah, how grateful we should be for having had, um, yeah, an inspiring, mother or a mother who like has inspired us in one way or another it's our time our time is there maybe we just say like we do a little last round we're just all saying like something like just to kind of close this conversation um, um i'm just so grateful for having had this conversation i would like to get to know you all better and in the real world, not in this live context, um, online context. Um, but I feel like I have learned a lot. And it was really nice to like, kind of like tap in into your lives and listen to you. It's nice to listen to you. I will pass on the word to Eve, who's next to me on my screen. Hi. Um, yeah, it's just been so interesting to hear everyone's different like entry into their own like exploration in feminism and how that's different for every single person but ultimately we're all working towards the same core things that we talked about um whichever ones feel more important to everybody so it's just really interesting and also really like I don't know what the right word would be encouraging to know that you're like on the right path and doing doing what you can where you are yeah just just good feelings <laughs> mm -hmm. uh i'll pass to kalia um yeah i agree with what everyone said like this conversation is nice to have it's definitely needed especially with young girls as well like we're just finding our way into the world and to talk about this is really nice and you don't really get a lot of opportunities to talk about the women that you love um so yeah it's been really nice and yes I hope to carry on our friendship you can say friendship now <laughs> um with all of you lot because you're all amazing women and yeah you're all strong and all that stuff to even come on here and talk about um your experiences like being a feminist and stuff yeah it's been lovely um I will pass on to Christine yeah exactly I think everyone's gonna say exactly what they said <laughs> everything it's nice to speak about who we love I agree with Kalia we don't usually have those options to say 
who has made us happy in our lives. I look forward to how um, our feminist journeys unfold um, and how that can help us find more compassion in our lives for each other. Hopefully we can be in a space like this again. Um, and I hope we go forth thinking wonderful things about our lives, having had this conversation. I think, did you go, Eve? Yeah, I've been. <laughs> um, I'll go. Um, I think, I, I, yeah, I want to echo what everyone else has said. Um, I think uh, I appreciated, like, the personal and then the bigger picture, like micro and macro places we went with conversation. Um, and yeah, I don't have a glass yet, but I would raise a glass to girls <laughs> night because I'm gonna have a girls night tonight with my flatmate. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> cheers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Myra. Um, yeah, I think having this conversation, it's just been really like reminded of like how grateful and like lucky in ways we are to like have the relationships that we have with like women in our lives. And it's just such a like, like a reminding experience that is like kind of zones you back into like, oh, like appreciating it in that sense. And it's been really nice to talk to like people who were strangers all of like an hour ago. And um, <laughs> and like see everyone else's experience and just to like learn more and engage more in conversations like this whenever whenever it's possible really so I'm just really grateful for it yeah I'm really like touched I kind of had forgotten that we were strangers <laughs> an hour and a half ago um it was just like uh lovely to know kind of that you're not alone even though I mean we are like geographically removed from each other and um, um yeah so that was wonderful. And thank you so much for also like allowing me to facilitate this conversation. Um, yeah, I, um, I hope you felt uh, supported like uh, enough to, um, and thank you just for being so generous in, 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 your, in your input. Yeah, and sharing your stories. The Satellizer project is realised using funds from the National Lottery through Arts Council England, Bonnie Bird Choreography Fund and John Elliman Foundation through Continuous Network. Continuous is a partnership between Siobhan Davies Studios and Baltic Centre for Contemporary Art. You can find out more by visiting continuousdance.com.